Welcome to the Artist Impact Podcast, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. Here are your hosts, Paul Gibbs and Nate Miller. And thank you very much. Uh, he's Nate. I'm Paul. And you know who you are, so we're pretty well <laughs> set. So, hey, let's kick this thing off. Welcome to another edition of the Artist Impact Podcast. Was that a drum roll? That was an impact. In, oh. Yeah, I was making an impact. And making an impact. <laughs> and we want to help you make an impact. That was good. That worked yeah. out really well. Did you know how you worked on that? At? It was See, good. only the people watching this on YouTube can tell, though. That's true. If you're listening to yeah. this in your car right now, you have no idea what just happened. They have no <laughs> idea. Well, here's a little... Okay, there, oh, there you go. Impact. Side effects, yeah. All right. Well, we, uh, we're glad to be back with you. we got a bunch of great stuff here for you. Hopefully, it's going to help you along the road of what uh, the things that God has called you to do. Uh, we want to entertain you just a little bit. Uh, we'd love to put a smile on your face, you know, because <laughs> you guys do that for us. You really do. You put a smile on our faces. Um, all right, so let's start with this. This is episode number forty, by the yeah, way. Yeah, wow. Yeah, we are. We're having a blast here. We yeah, are, this yeah. is this has been yeah, this awesome. This is cool. This is really cool. So, hope you guys are getting something out of it too. Because we do. We definitely do. Yeah. And we oh, and we get. Yeah, we get. Uh, oh, if you're watching, you know that this is a coffee cup. And this he's is a got, soda can. That's a soda can. So, what is in the can, just for our listeners? Well, for our viewers, this for our is viewers. Um, nitro Pepsi. Yeah. But it happens to be the vanilla draft cola. Vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. Just nice and smooth. But we don't get paid for that, so. No, we do not. We do not. <laughs> and I have my notes by your coffee cup as as one might expect. Okay. Right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I hope you don't get all worked up about this because but it's it's already gone past, and that is Labor Day was September fifth, of course. Right. Uh, you know, nothing real earth shaking there. Holiday recognizes the work of all work of Americans and typically signals the end of summer. How many of you like fall better than yeah, my hands are both of our hands are going up better than summer. Yeah. Uh, but the, you know the the other great news, Nate, I know you I know you appreciate this. Uh, the pumpkin spice lattes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's what, that's what we're talking about. I mean, Dunk, Duncan has had pumpkin flavored yeah. for a couple weeks already. Yeah. Before September even came. Yeah, did you did you guys catch that last week we were drinking or Starbucks last? has theirs already too. Yeah, great. How many <laughs> of you like pumpkin spice anything? Yeah. <laughs> but but I you know I heard somewhere that pumpkin spice doesn't actually come from pumpkins. No, I mean think about it. It's just like get, nutmeg like, and yeah. cinnamon, and yeah. it's the spices that you would put into pumpkin, not the pumpkin itself. Okay, like pumpkin right. pie or whatever. Yeah. I, and I saw a thing on Facebook had a little little video or whatever maybe it was YouTube. It had these very pale colored pumpkins out in a field. And huh. it, the, the caption was something like "There's pumpkins that had had all the all the spice drained out." Uh. <laughs> some, I don't know, something like that. Anyway, well, it was online. It must be must be true. It's got to be true. Yeah. Now I got these are I got a couple interesting ones here. September sixth, which happens to be the day that we are sitting here in the studio recording this. All hands on deck. September sixth. It was sixteen twenty. Some of you remember, the Mayflower <laughs> set sail. With 102 passengers, the Mayflower. And Mm. for two months, those pilgrims lived in very poor conditions before landing in Plymouth. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Miraculously, how how many, do you you guys know, do you remember how many people died along that journey? 
I don't remember. It's been so long. Yeah, it's it's been a while since high school, huh? How many people died? Anybody want to get venture a guess? Well, according to this source, only one. Really? Only one person died on that journey. What was that? Was it the there G- was Jamestown? Jamestown colony. Where like almost the whole colony had yeah. died out the first winter or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the first winter. That yeah. was tragic there. But here's another interesting one, and then we'll, we'll move on. Um, I, di- I did not know this. <laughs> All right. So what's in a name? The question is, and this is for September seventh. The day was eighteen, or the year was eighteen thirteen, September seventh. A guy named Samuel Wilson was providing the army with barrels of beef. Barrels yeah. of beef, and they were stamped with the abbreviation U.S. And that, of course, was for United States. But the soldiers referred to the meatpacker as. U.S. as Uncle Sam. Oh. Yeah. That's where that came from? That's where it came from. So the widespread nickname was adopted for the U.S. government being referred to as Uncle Sam. That happened in 1813 on on September 7th. And it was a guy, again, named Samuel Wilson, who was supplying beef. So that was the, the first spam, then barrels it of beef. It was barrels of beef. <laughs> <laughs> and the history continues. That was good. <laughs> Uncle Spam. All right. Now, after the break, after the break, I'll, I'm going to try to remember. Yeah. Uh, you guys may want to look it up between now and then. Why do we call them teddy bears? Oh, I've heard this before. You've heard that before, I don't know right? if, okay. if, I'm at, if it's accurate. We'll, but... we'll come back and talk yeah. about that. But, oh, I want to get uh, to the important things here. Our weekly verse or our episodal verse. Is that a good word? Episodal yeah, verse? Yeah. Okay. It comes from the, the book of Job, uh, chapter 23, verses 10 and ten through 12. But he knows the way that I take. Mm. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Mm. Job twenty three ten through twelve. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, so we're going to continue with yeah. some stuff on practicing. I I can't remember if it was episode thirty. Uh, eight or thirty-nine. We talked a little bit about practice. We did. And, we? Uh, yeah. It's one of those necessary evils. Some people cringe from it, and other people love it. And yeah. I think you had mentioned there are some guys that they just can't rip just, the guitar out of their hands. You, They're just playing yep. constantly. Yep. And other people, it's like pulling teeth to get them to, to practice. To get but them to practice. We all know that's something we need to do, or we should yeah. be doing, if yeah. we're going to continue to right. um, hone our craft and uh, get better um, at whatever it is, whether it's public speaking, performing, um, singing, playing in- an instrument. Yeah. You got to practice. Got to practice. So uh, this article is written by um, a lady named Jamie Andreas, and she's taught um, all styles of guitar for 50 years, but she plays classical classical guitar at the virtuoso level. So a lot of her insights come from playing um, very strict kind of classical guitar style. Um, there's a very spe- specific technique to that, but um, these little tiny things can be applied to whatever you do. Um, the, the details can be... Um, Adjust it to help you. Virtuoso guitarist and teacher Jamie Andreas delivers a technique that will help you improve your instrument skills so you can break through barriers and play like a pro. Mm -hmm. Sounds like something we'd all like to be able to do, right? I think we all should be setting that as a goal. Yeah, so we all know what it feels like to be learning a piece of music and running into a certain passage that our fingers simply refuse to make friends with. We'll be happily playing along and then, oops, 
there's a missed note or an imprecise muddled passage. Especially when you press the record button. Yeah, exactly. As soon as that, <laughs> that camera's rolling oh, or that yeah. record button is playing. If you want to make progress on your instrument, you have to know how to fix these problems. Makes sense? You have to know how to get your fingers to do what they are having trouble doing. Um, that is what correct instrument practice is all about. So you may have heard the adage before that um, practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. We've all heard that. It's actually perfect practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. You can practice something a thousand times incorrectly, and when yeah. you go to do it, you're going to do it incorrectly. <laughs> so you make sure that you're practicing correctly. Um, otherwise, it's all for naught. Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you fix your problems um, in terms of playing instruments? Uh, she continues here. The first step is to find out exactly what is going wrong. For instance, you may be trying to reach a new level of speed in your scale practice. Halfway through the scale, things start to fall apart. Um, Unless you know exactly what note was the first note you missed or played badly, you will not be able to fix the problem. Once you've determined exactly which note was the first sign of trouble, then you must ask why. Why was there trouble playing this note? This all seems very simple and common sense, but it, yeah. you really got to ask these questions. Yeah. After you find the what and the why, you can now employ practice methods to fix it. Um, so then she, she suggests it's time to take it apart. This is where you, you learn to fix the problems. Um, even though everything that she's discussing, discussing in this article has to do with like a musical passage or an exercise, um, you can use this example to apply to whatever you're doing. So let's continue with the idea of playing a scale and encountering a problem as you try to raise uh, the speed. Once you determine the what and the why, you know what the problem is and why it's happening, here's the things you're going to do. Um, so for the example of um, playing a, a, a passage and speeding it up, the first thing is you're going to lower the speed. Number two, you're going to play it up to the note that is giving you the trouble. Mm-hmm. And then number three, you're going to pay strict attention to everything your breathing, your overall state of body relaxation, and, of course, your fingers. Um, Then you're going to raise the speed by small increments and work back up to the speed that gave you the trouble in the first place. So here's an example. If your scale fell apart at 120 beats per minute in 16th notes, you're going to lower the speed to, let's say, 100 beats per minute or whatever speed you're comfortable with. Then raise the speed slowly, maybe 3 beats per minute at a time, as you continue to play up to the problem note. As you do this, on the, be on the lookout for the first thing that goes wrong. You have to be aware of the first note that gives you trouble as you raise the speed, and that's where the work starts. Um, now here's, the, here's how you work on it. Once you know the first note that is giving you trouble, start your repetitions a few notes before that note and end a few notes after. Don't play the whole scale. Play the section of it that begins before the trouble and ends a bit after. So if you're playing most of the scale with no problem, playing through this whole scale over and over again is just going to waste your time. The, the problem area is where you want to focus on, and you want to start a little bit before it and a little bit after it. This method is, ex- is extremely effective in general. By using this method every day, your fingers gradually become used to the increased demand of the higher speed, and eventually that newer, higher speed will feel easy, and you can proceed to conquer faster speeds using the same methods. Yeah. So if you're playing a passage, it doesn't even have to be a scale. If you're a guitarist and it's like a new lick or a solo that you're trying to master, um, maybe you have a tab of your favorite guitarist solo and you're trying to learn it, you can't play it up to speed, slow it down. If you have parts that you're playing completely fine, set those aside for now and focus on the problem areas. Slow them down, play them over and over again a little bit before and after that part of the passage that's really giving you problems. Yes. 
Um, she continues, what is a note? Seems like a simple question, but for a listener, a note is just a sound. They're hearing a musical sound. But for the player, each note is all the actions and conditions that are necessary to produce that note. It makes sense, right? You're a guitarist. You have a fretting hand. Yep. There's the pressure. There's the position of your hand behind the frets. Mm -hmm. um, if you're using your fingers, it's what you're plucking yep. with. Or if, a, if it's a plectrum or a pick, um, it's the position of the guitar, the, the neck in your hand. There's a lot of different things that add up to what? The, the listener perceives as just a musical sound. Right. We must come from this viewpoint to fix playing problems. So here's some things. I won't read the whole article here, but she's giving some ideas to think about. First of all, your thoughts. Is your mind um, clear and focused on what you're doing? Or are you off thinking about something else, daydreaming? Mm -hmm. um, is your mind muddled by you know, other problems or, or whatever? Are you tired? Are you too tired to focus on what you're even playing? Or is the frustration taking over right. because you can't do this? Is, is that yeah. just clouding? Yeah. So where, where's your thought life there? Are you, are you relaxed and like really focused on what you're playing and allowing it to happen? Or are you fighting yourself? The next thing she talks about is breath. Um, this is something probably a lot of people don't think mm. about. And, you know, she, again, she's a virtuoso player from a classical um, training background. But even a person who's just playing contemporary music is not classically trained. Are you holding your breath on these fast passages that you're trying to, like, speed up, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, do you find your – maybe you don't realize you're doing it and you find yourself catching, catching yourself, like, um, holding your breath mm -hmm. or uh, – like breathing in a staccato, like kind of unnatural way, yep. that can really throw off your playing as well. Another thing she, she points out, and again, this is very important for classical playing, your shoulders and your neck, the position mm, of your body. Tensed up. Mm. Yeah, are you tensed? Are you hunched over? Is yeah. it like, are you helping yourself or hurting yourself by the way that yeah. you're standing um, in, in how you're playing? And it doesn't matter, again, if it's classically trained or just you know someone who's a folk guitarist who's just doing a little like you know finger picking with some chords. Mm-hmm. You know, look at how you're breathing, how you're holding yourself, and if your mind is clear or if it's muddled and distracted. Yeah. Um, the next thing is motor control learning. Motor control learning is the science of how muscles learn movements. You can also think of this as muscle memory. Yeah. So lucky musicians intuitively follow these laws during practice. So they're doing the things that all of us are hoping to do, but some of us just have to learn it. Right. Th those people just naturally do it. Smart musicians will study the principles of this science. So if you really want to deep dive deep and get um, better at your craft, you're going to look into these things. What's the science of um, you know, how you hold your guitar, your position of your body, and yeah. all these different things that will help to improve your technique? And she puts a great quote here from um, Ludwig van Beethoven. Um, he says, Don't only practice your art, but force your way into its secrets. Art deserves that. For it and knowledge can raise man to the divine. It's a really mm. cool quote. That's deep. Um, from that somebody deep, who yeah. knows what they're talking about. Yes. Beethoven, you know, obviously um, a universally wow. um, recognized master of his art. So here's a recap. Steps to take when fixing playing problems. One, find the what and then the why. Again, it makes sense, but you have to ask those questions. Number two, isolate the passage, lower the speed, and play up to the problem note. Three, raise the speed by very small increments and continuous repetitions. Number four, add the next note or work in small groups of notes. So you're going to kind of stagger and work your way up to the full passage or scale or whatever you're working towards. Um, and make sure you are completely aware of your mental conception of the notes, thinking about what you're playing, your breath. Are you holding it? Are you breathing naturally? Are you helping yourself or hindering yourself? Your neck and your shoulders. Are you nice and relaxed? Do you have good posture? 
and your overall body relaxation. Again, you can be fighting yourself and making things way harder than they need to be. Yeah. So these are some really good tips from, again, like I said, someone who's classically trained. Um, they're coming from a very kind of structured and um, precise way of playing. Mm-hmm. But it's helpful for to anybody who's not yeah. only playing an instrument but also breathing. These, these I mean concepts, singing, yeah. you know, breathing with your diaphragm and all that right. kind of stuff right. comes into play. So. Yeah, you wouldn't think of we, – we, we consider – we think of breathing as uh, when we're singing, we got to make sure we breathe correctly. But, yeah. uh, you know, think about – to expand that and, and to think about that as when we're playing too. I know – I'll give an example. I was in the studio here uh, just a couple of days ago working on a piano solo. And it's this bluegrass type of song that really uh, needs some nice, fast piano notes. Right, really, yeah. ro- really moving along. And I got one of the phrases. I'm I'm the type. Maybe you guys do this. You get you, when you're trying to do a solo, make up make up a solo that you you get the solo in your head, and then you try to play it, and you can't. That, mm. That's that's the way I do it. Yeah. I, I'll get and I got this one phrase down for this, the first phrase of the of the solo, and the second one, I just could not. I was just having an awful time, trying trouble, yeah, time yeah. and trouble talking, and <laughs> also making my fingers do what my brain was telling them to right, do. So you can hear it in your head, but you can't like you can't pr- it. reproduce it exactly. Yeah. And I, all those things that you were just saying, I, I uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time, but I still yeah. would benefit from realize, uh, you know, I think back. Yes, I was tensing up. Yes, I was not breathing correctly. Yes, I was getting frustrated with myself and yeah. <laughs> even a little angry. Why can't I do this? And it was this voice that says, well, just do a simpler solo. Because mm. it, it wasn't like I had to do that that part. But it sounds so cool. But it sounded so good. I said, no. <laughs> well, I kept going and I got it pretty darn close to oh, what good. I wanted to do. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, all of that applies. That was good. Yeah. All right. So, um, do we want to go to a break now? Yeah, let's a take a quick pause. identification here. Yes, yeah. And uh, we'll come back. And uh, I have got a piece of equipment that I am excited about. Ooh. And I just, I don't know. I got to do a more research on it. And uh, I'm even going to try to put a graphic of it right about here uh, when we come back. Okay, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we got, we're going to be talking about... Uh, Remember we started last time we talked about a, a promo campaign for your uh, for your next music release. We're going to continue that and kind of dive a little deeper into that. And uh, yeah, I think we've got some stuff on um, some career lessons for indie independent musicians. Which oh, that's good. That's right up our alley because that's exactly. you, our audience. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right. So stay tuned. Be right back. This podcast and a portion of the programming on WNSMDB Notespire Radio are sponsored in part by MTS Management Group, specializing in full service artist management, publicity and promotions, and social media campaigns. MTS Management is on the cutting edge of today's new music business. To learn more, visit mtsmanagementgroup.com. MTS, where indie artists go for major coverage. And now, back to the Artist Impact Podcast with your hosts, Paul Gibbs and Nate Miller. And we're back. Welcome back to the Artist Impact Podcast. This is episode 40, where we help you guys make a greater impact in um, what God has blessed you to do, which is to use your music talent um, to bless other people for his glory. And uh, we like to help you guys out by giving you helpful tips 
some funny little tidbits here and there just to entertain yes. you, but hopefully to help you uh, get better yeah. at your craft and um, to bless people while you do that. Yeah. And we're all having fun. Yeah, so we all want right. to thank our sponsors, too, uh, coming out of the break. Um, yes, yeah, MTS Management, uh, as you just heard, and we have a new one. Yeah, we have a new one. We want to thank Pauline Williams. You can find her at paulinesmusic.com. Um, she is a local um, artist and musician, singer, songwriter, and also author now. Yeah. Um, I think she has two, three books now. Yeah. She, I think she's working on her third or fourth book. Yeah. But uh, check out her website, paulinesmusic.com. For some really great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And if you'd like to be a sponsor, please go to our website at notespiremusic.com. Click on services, scroll down, and there's information on how you can be a sponsor of not just this podcast, but all three of our podcasts. Count them, Bert. One, (laughs) two, three. And also, you will be mentioned on Notespire Radio multiple times each Mm. and every day. And we thank you for that. All right. Did you know... Well, you know, your eye, I'm, I'm sorry, your finger, our fingers, has like, that's why, you know, we fingerprint people. That's a un, very unique identification. Right. Uh, your fingerprint has like 40 different unique characteristics. Wow. I, yeah, I didn't know that. Just in one fingertip. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. But your eye, yeah, your eye has 256, on the average, unique characteristics. So that's why they're going with uh, retina scanning retina now. Retina scanning, yeah. yes. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right, so that's that's number one. Now you're writing this down, right? Okay. <laughs> well, you know the harvest moon, of course, is uh, is named as it coincides with the annual crop harvest in the northern hemisphere. And that occurs, did you know, on September 10th at 5.59 a.m. Eastern Time. All right, set your alarm. But the the moon will appear full the night before and after its peak to the casual stargazer. Okay. All right. So um, we don't care about pickleball. No, we don't care about pickleball. All right. uh, It was um, International Literacy Day. Did you know there was such a thing? I, again, it doesn't it, surprise it me. Doesn't, there's a it doesn't surprise there's, me. But there's a day for a day everything. For everything. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, it was it's September eighth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote this, of course. In reading great literature, I become a thousand men, and yet I remain myself. That was mm, pretty good. Interesting. But you know, I didn't know this. Uh, maybe it's. But then again, maybe it's not surprising either. Fourteen percent of our population is illiterate. And have wow. not been able to experience the adventures that books offer. When you say our population, is that the world or the it U.S.? It says of the population. Of the population. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And finally, the story behind teddy bears. How many of you had a teddy, a teddy bear? How many of you still have a teddy bear that you... They're in storage yeah, somewhere. Still, okay, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was September 9th that it, while hunting in 1902... Of course, we all suspect Teddy Bear, we're associated with Teddy Roosevelt. Right. But let's dive a little deeper into that. Teddy Roosevelt was, he was hunting. On hunting wabbits? Hunting, no. He was hunting bears. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> he probably would have shot the rabbit. I don't know. But anyway, uh, uh, September 9th, while hunting in 1902, Teddy Roosevelt refused to shoot a tied-up bear. Oh. Well, who, 
who would do such a thing? I mean, of course he would. A circus bear? I don't know. Just refusing to shoot a tied-up bear, considering it unsportsmanlike. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, good for him. Good for him, yeah. Word of this encounter spread, and a candy shop owner, who renames Nameless, (laughs) began to mass-produce stuffed bears, and he called them Teddy's Bear. Wow, there's an opportunist right there. He saw... Teddy's Bear. Saw a great way to make a... Yeah. A buck on something, yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Very cool. All right. I got I got more, but we'll we'll come back. And my wife would have loved to hear about pickleball because she's she's trying to get into it. Oh pickleball. Yeah. Well let's well let's do it then. We All right. we bought pickleball rackets on vacation. We oh. haven't played it yet, but um we found the, these rackets and so she looked it up and it, it's actually a okay. huge craze right now. It's like becoming it's oh. extremely popular. Um, I think both East and West Coast, um, but mostly East Coast, I think. Do you play it with pickles? No, it has no. something to do with like a smaller court and net, and I, f- I forget all the details. But Well, it was and, invented. Yeah, go ahead. It, it was invented by U.S. Congressman, I'm sorry, with by future, he was not yet, he was mm. future U.S. Congressman Joel Pritchard and his friend Bill Bell. There's hmm. a name, Bill Bell. Bill Bell. The first game was played on a cement badminton court with ping pong paddles and a wiffle ball. Yeah, it's played with a wiffle ball, and they have different yeah different wiffle balls for indoor and outdoor. They either okay. have fewer or more holes depending on which one you're playing because it goes further. Have you guys played pickleball? I have. Yeah, apparently, it's becoming very popular. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. So we have the rackets. We just haven't played it yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I've got some really exciting news for you about a new piece of equipment that's coming out. But do you want to share that first, and we'll come back to this? Yeah, we can do that. So okay. I have, yeah. I have uh, three career lessons for independent musicians, and as I said, that's that's right up our alley because um, that is who we're trying to help here. You guys, the independent musicians. Um, this is a really short article, but some great stuff here by yeah. Bobby Borg. We've shared a lot of his stuff before. He says, making it as an independent musician is difficult enough without you getting in the way of your own success. How many Mm. times have we done Mm. that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) My hand's up. These three anecdotes provide some real-life lessons for your music career. Number one, don't be a prima donna. Nobody loves a prima donna. Well, okay, so what what is a prima donna? (laughs) Um, Hopefully, most of you guys have heard of that before. It comes from the the Italian for first lady, but originally it it meant the leading woman or soloist in an opera company. So it was the female lead. But because of that, and I guess the, the typical um, characteristics or personality of those leading ladies, mm-hmm. um, it can it came to mean a temperamental or conceited person because they felt entitled, because they were stars. So he's saying, don't be a prima donna. <laughs> this can be one of the most costly mistakes an independent artist can make. Here's the story to show you what I mean. I recently hooked up this independent artist who, to this point, has really no major accomplishments in her career. I helped negotiate a slot for her to open up for a huge artist. So this was a big opportunity. The show was a benefit for the people in Ukraine who are getting their houses blown up and pretty much living on the streets. After I hooked up this artist with this deal, she called the promoter and went full prima donna, trying to demand hotel rooms and wanting everything to be paid for, And I'm thinking, this is for a benefit for people who don't even have homes, and you're negotiating for free hotel rooms? Mm. So here's here's this prima donna um, activity or mindset. Mm. It's not what you earn, he says. It's what you learn. To make a long story short, she blew up the gig, or she blew the gig. 
So remember this. In the beginning of your career, it's not always what you earn. It's what you learn. You've got to be willing to make sacrifices as an independent artist or you're not going to get anywhere. Consider the bigger picture at all times. Come down off your high horse with that diva attitude. Pay your dues and use your head. Don't blow a career-enhancing opportunity because you want to pretend that you're some big star. Now, I hope most of you out there um, have yeah. better heads on your shoulders than that. But yeah. it, it can be a little um, intoxicating if you do yeah. get a little bit of success or a big opportunity like this to open or to be part of something that's bigger than you to kind of get swept up in it. But yeah. I think he's being um, smart to tell people, like, think of it soberly. Go into it. Pay your dues. Work your way up. And don't get too carried away because you might just blow a life-changing um, chance that you could have had. Yeah, and and you know if, if we're doing if we're doing doing it for the Lord, He is not going to allow that. He's right. He, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna put the stop to it and just say, "I'm sorry, you're not ready." Right. Yeah. I mean, His Word says, "Humble yourself in His yeah. sight, and He will lift you up." Yeah. So let God do it. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So number two, make the necessary investments in yourself. The other day, he says, I was working with a student, and as part of the deal, he was required to, to make a small investment. He had to purchase a music business book for about $30. What's that? Maybe like three Starbucks cappuccino, frappuccino, mocha lanas with whipped cream and a cherry? <laughs> I don't even think that's such a wow. drink, but, <laughs> but he's making a point. The point is we're talking $30 for an investment in your career that could potentially help you make lots of money in the future or not only just money, but just to improve what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, instead, the client deci decided to try to go online and find an illegal hacked version of this music business resource to get get this, to take a, a music business class on copyright law <laughs> with, with the teacher who actually wrote the book. And spoiler alert, the teacher was the author of this article. Oh, my word. So here he is, like, trying to bypass and, like, be a, a cheapskate. Whoops. Illegally get this piece of material because he didn't want to spend the 30 bucks to take a class with the guy who wrote the book. Yeah. Okay. I mean, talk can you about talk about shooting yourself yeah, in like the open, foot. Yeah, open mouth, insert foot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love how he continues. Come on, man. What are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> sacrifice and investment, he continues. Here's the lesson. If you're not willing to make a little sacrifice, prioritize what's important and actually make an investment in yourself – then who's going to want to make an investment in you? Mm. Who's going to say, oh, that looks attractive. Here's a kid who's always cutting corners. Here's a kid who always wants the simplest approach. Here's a kid who doesn't want to make any sacrifices. That's not the way to do it. You've got to understand what's important in your life. You've got to be willing to make sacrifices, and you've got to be willing to invest in yourself if you want anyone else to give you a chance and make an investment in you. Not to mention be, uh, acting in an ethical Honest way. Yeah. Yeah. And I know he's talking about it from a, you know, a money perspective here. You know, like you spend a little money to make a little money kind of thing. But again, it has nothing, it doesn't have to be about making a profit. This is talking about investing in what you're doing, you, you, the craft, yeah. yep. you know, it could be, you know, paying for lessons or, um, you know, whatever you're doing to improve every aspect of, of your music and your ministry. Yeah. Um, you only get out of it what you put into it. We've yes, said it, that so many we, times. Yes, exactly. And if you're not willing to sacrifice the time mm -hmm. and um, the the money, if that's necessary, or um, you know whatever it is, you know networking, pounding the pavement, um, doing the the hustle, whatever you have to do, um, you only have, really have yourself to. That's um, it. Yeah. 
yeah. to be upset at if, if you can't move forward. Right. So some kind of sobering ex- advice here. And finally, the number, number three, the third one, he says, hard work and rejection are part of the formula for success. This is a big one. Um, I was just talking to a student who was telling me about how he wants to go and start making money with, his mu- with music as soon as he gets out of school. That's totally understandable. He has to support himself. The first thing I suggested was to look for things he could do with his music first before looking into side hustles like Uber and other things outside of the music realm. I talked about things like teaching guitar lessons or getting a church gig or a cruise ship gig. These are steady gigs that provide steady money and can actually help you build your chops and pay the rent until you get into something that you really want to do, Mm -hmm. like your original music, for example. I told the student to start calling every single music music store in Southern California and send out his resume. Um, he says at the end of the con- at the end of the conversation, instead of seeing a fired up young man who was like, "All right, I'm going to go out and kill it," I saw someone filled with fear, like, "Oh my goodness, that sounds like a lot of work." You mean I got to give my resume to every single store out there, and I've got to go out there and hustle and face the possibility of rejection? Oh, and he says the answer is absolutely yes you do yes you've got to do crazy things if you want to get crazy results and you've got to use fear like a fire to cook for you and not to burn you you've got to get out there and hustle of course you're going to get rejected but rejection is actually going to lead to success eventually that's the way you've got to look at it yep so again uh, i don't know how many times uh, i've seen people who have made it um and you you um, hear interviews with them or whatever, and they talk about how they made it to where they are. Yeah, there's never been anybody, never anybody without without an exception, that has said that they found a shortcut. Nope. Or no shortcut. A, a, you know, a get rich quick scheme or something. No shortcuts, They've friends. They've always said they had to put in so much time and effort and work hard work to get where they were. Yep. Sometimes they had fortuitous things that happened. They were at the right place at the right time, where they met somebody who had connections. But if they didn't have the talent, it didn't matter who they knew. I was just going to say that it, even even if somebody walks up to walks up to you, you're a totally unknown person. Somebody yeah. famous walks up to you and offers you the greatest gig in the world. If you are not good enough or practiced enough, if you're not skilled enough right. for that gig, you you might as well go home because you're, they're going to send you home the first night. Yeah, exactly. I so, mean, I think I I might have mentioned this on previous podcasts before, but like I'm thinking like someone like. Uh, Oh, now her name just totally slipped my mind. There's an artist in the 90s who was uh, Vanessa Williams. Yeah. She was discovered singing at a gas station pump. She was on one side, and there was some kind of uh, record exec on the other side, heard this voice, and, you know, thought, who is this? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, But it was because she had – now, I don't know if her voice was just natural, if she worked on it, if she had vocal training, but Mm -hmm. the point was she had talent. You know, right. she worked at it, I'm, I'm sure, to some extent. Oh, yes, it wasn't just you. like, oh, she just happened to run into this record, exactly, and he gave her a, a, a gig, you know. Right, like, right. So, and again, like I said, without exception, every success story I've heard has always been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm. And I know things are a little bit different now because anybody who has um, access to a social media platform can just get on and then put their music out there. But even just 20 years ago, before we all had access to this stuff, I remember hearing about bands that I used to love on the radio or on MTV or whatever it was. Yeah. And, and, you know, I thought, oh, wow, these guys, like they're a new band that came out of nowhere. 
but they had already been out touring for 10 years. Yes, they didn't come out of nowhere. They straight years. Of, yeah. All over the world, like, or all over the U.S. even, like, living out of the back of their car, mm-hmm. playing wherever they could get a chance. Yep. Until they finally made a break, and then all of a sudden they're on they're on the radio or on TV. They didn't come. It wasn't an overnight success right. story. Right. And that just blew my mind. It was like band after band after band that I heard of. When you found out what they really went through to get there, it was like, yeah. wow, okay, yes. it's just so so sobering and like it, it really brings you back to reality. So, yep. great, again, great three great lessons. Don't be a prima donna. Make the necessary investments in yourself, and finally. Hard work and rejection are part of the formula for success. Yeah. Great stuff. I'm, I'm going to add just quick. We have to die. Don't dive too deep into it. But yeah. you know, if you really need to love what you do, yeah, like your music, love your music, love your gift more than you love success. Mm. Okay, just just think on that. Okay, just let me just throw that out there. You guys can <laughs> you guys can chew on that. Food well, for thought. While we talk about this, well, this uh, this month. In history, in 2016, Barbara Streisand. You guys remember her? Some of you do. Yeah, she's still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2016, it was uh, in September that she extended her U.S. chart record after she scored her 11th U.S. number one album with her. Uh, the, this, the album was called Encore, Movie Partners Sing Broadway. Oh. Anybody remember that? No. Yeah. She had already notched up more chart toppers than any other female artist, and she now extended her lead over Madonna, who has eight. She also overtook Elvis Presley with ten, and she tied, uh, who has ten, to tie with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Huh. So now let's go back to 2011 and talk about Madonna. Uh, California judged that Madonna did not hold a trademark over the phrase material girl. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, Madonna, or Madonna was trying to use that for her line of clothing just because oh. she wrote a song by that name in 1985. One right. of the secular bands I was in, we used to do that song. Well, an L.A. retailer called L.A. Triumph has been using the name Material Girl Clothing and has it registered as a trademark. Oh, wow. Well, some of you know that it was, what, uh, 1997 that uh, uh, Princess Diana uh, was uh, was killed. Mm, I remember that, And, of course, Elton John recorded a new version of Mm -hmm. his song, Candle in the Wind. Right. That was originally for Marilyn Monroe, right? Marilyn Monroe, exactly it was, yes. Uh, an estimated two and a half billion billion people watched Elton John play the special tribute to Diana, and that track went on to become to become the biggest selling single of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Man. A couple more. Go back to 1975, and our friend Glenn Campbell started a two-week run at number one on the U.S. Singles Chart with Rhinestone Cowboy. <laughs> it was That's... his. It was like a Rhinestone Cowboy. Yeah, Everybody, if... dun dun. There we yeah, go. too bad that wasn't his ahead of his time. That would be a total meme song right now. That would be used all over social media. It would. Yeah. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it, is. it would be today though. It was his first number one after. His first number one after 13 top 40 hits, and the record gained three Grammy nominations and was the Country Music Association Song of the Year for 1976. And this is interesting. I did not know this. Who do you suppose the first 
famous musician outside the Beatles to play on one of their recordings? Oh, I bet I don't know wow. if I hear it, but... Yeah, it was a guy. He played on one of the Beatles' recordings. Hmm. Yeah, he was the first guy to do so. Uh, and, and it wasn't the, it wasn't their keyboard player. What was his name? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I can't remember his name, but not him. Hmm. But anyway, they're working... This was 19, 1968. Okay. Working at Abbey Road Studios in London. They were working on While My Guitar Gently, Gently Weeps. Weeps. Right. That was okay. a George Harrison tune, wasn't it? It was a George Harrison tune, and I would have thought that George played the guitar solo. Yeah, you would think. You would think so. But the firm, fame, yeah, there you yeah. The guitar solo was played by the first famous outside musician to play on a Beatles recording. Uh, well, George recorded the lead vocal. Okay. The guitar solo, none other than Eric Clapton. Really? No, I didn't. Eric Clapton. Didn't so next that. time you guys hear While My Guitar Gently Weeps, Listen to the guitar solo. It's Eric Clapton playing that. So is that in the... I forget. Was he in Cream at that time, or was he a solo artist? I I think he was in Cream at that time. Yeah. In the white room yeah. with black curtains. <laughs> Used to do that song, Layla. too. Layla! That was the... Uh, and Layla was Domino. Uh, uh, who was he with? Uh, something, somebody in the Dominoes. Yeah. Uh, Eric, no, uh... Oh, my goodness. You guys know. What, look that up. Yeah, I got to look that up. Okay, That's going to bug me. <laughs> you look that up. Yeah. Okay, so there's that. But I want, to, I want to talk to you guys about this piece of equipment that I am very excited about being a child Derek musician. and the Dominoes. Derek and the Dominoes. There we go. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, who was Derek, by the way? Huh? That's a good question. Now I need to know. Who was Derek? I'll, I'll look that up while you talk about okay. this equipment. All right, you guys, uh, how many of you, of, of you, it's probably guys that are going to answer this question, uh, remember Silvertone Amps? Huh? I think I've heard sold of that. by Sears. Oh wow! Yeah, sold by Sears. I mean, these amps. You are probably a little bit beyond that. Yeah, or probably. after that. But um, Sears Silvertone amps were. They were the. Uh, I. This is my my phrase. The poor man's fender. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you you uh, you know if you had enough money you bought a a fender uh, Princeton reverb or maybe a twin reverb or a super reverb. Something like that. But if you didn't have the money, you went to Sears, and you bought, for example, a, 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 in the sixties, a, a model fourteen over fourteen eighty four twin twelve amp. You guys remember those? It was a piggyback amp, two twelve cabinet, just like the Fender Bandmaster we're looking at right behind the camera over there, <laughs> uh, with a piggyback head. They were gray, with a silver sparkle. Uh, and again. I'm going to point right here because I'm going to say you're seeing an image of one right here. Okay. All right. We're going to put one up there. Anyway, those amps, especially the 1484, they are in high demand now. Of course, all tube, two-channel, had reverb. Reverb wasn't all that great, but uh, oh, my goodness. It just makes me kind of laugh and smile to think that Sears um, sold guitar amps because, I mean, when I was growing up, it was all clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like they they might have had like bed bed linens and pillows and things, but it— yeah. I don't remember them having that type of thing. Silvertone yeah. was their name. Well, Montgomery Ward, it was Airline. Montgomery Ward. Okay. Airline was their name. Wow. Okay, guys. So anyway, it's here's it, here it comes. It's by Jackson Audio. We'll put a graphic up here about for this. Uh, the Twin 12 Silvertone 1484 preamplifier <laughs> will be available soon. Uh, in the U.K. for 259 pounds. 
And more information can be found on the Audio Distribution Group website. So it's an it's a pedal, guys. It's a preamp slash overdrive pedal. It's an exact recreation of the preamp section of the 1960s Silvertone 1484 Twin-12 amplifier. It's designed in collaboration with Silvertone, if any of those guys are still around, I guess they are, (laughs) accurately recreates the unique amp sound popularized by many of today's rock icons. I mean, even bigger stars used these things back back in the day. It can be used as a preamp, as a booster, an EQ, or an overdrive. Uh, it's authentic vintage looks paired with top-mounted jacks for ease, ease of pedal board mounting. Hmm. Uh, if you look closely at the picture, it's got the, the, the knobs. The, 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 the knobs match are the same ones as the amplifier had. Hmm. Uh, let's see. They redesigned one of the most coveted amps of yesteryear in pedal Form. Oh my goodness, this is so cool. Yeah. Enjoyed by such legendary performers as Jack White, Dave Grohl, Beck, Billy Joel Armstrong, Dan Alkerbach, uh, just to name a few. I didn't realize all those guys used it. Huh. Yeah, the original t- Twin 12 was only available from 1963 to 1967. Uh, they're calling it an exact recreation. I saw in a music store probably three years ago a 1484 Silvertone amp. I took a picture of it. What they want for that? Uh, oh, it was at least 1500 Okay. That they wanted for that. It was it was in great shape. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, what'd you pay for your bandmaster? The bandmaster, you don't want to know what I paid. Okay. For. I, I paid. <laughs> that's very, another podcast. That's another podcast. I paid about maybe a third of what it's actually probably could sell for. Um, but there's a whole story behind that. Anybody uh, out there looking for a Fender Bandmaster? Fender, Fender Bandmasters. It could I have be yours right at there. the right price. Yeah. <laughs> nope, nope, not for sale. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a picture right here. They, they go for, I don't know, just, just the head, probably eight to $900. Of, uh, well, I have a 66 Bandmaster mm. uh, we're looking at right now and here in the studio. And you've seen it in some of the pictures we have here in the studio. It's got the 212 cabinet. Um, but those things are in high demand, too. Mm. Um yeah, vintage yeah. gear is really vintage. Um, yeah, popular. Do you guys want to share what what vintage gear you've got? Have you anybody out there got a silver tone amp? I mean, they made the four, they made a couple piggyback the fourteen eighty four. I think they made a fourteen twenty four. Maybe they made a couple other ones that were single single cabinets, like one twelve hmm. with with one channel. They made a whole bunch of different ones. Oh wow! So any you guys got one? Please share a picture with us right down below. Then, yeah, uh, comment down below. On, uh, yeah, send us a picture. We'd love to. We would love to see it. So what do you got for us here? All right, let's talk More about, about Spotify. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the. We were talking about uh, your first music release or your next music release, mm-hmm. and we talked about. Uh, we've been talking well, in the last couple of episodes. We've been talking about uh, releasing a song, just getting it out there for the world to hear. So uh, you know, we talked last time uh, about planning ahead. I mean, that's that's huge. Right. Uh, choosing release day for your for your single at least one month ahead. Mm. Uh, you know, some and other steps you can take to maximize the impact of your online release. So uh, these are just a, f- a few of the tips, and I'm going to recap here real quick. Run over these. Uh, planning a month ahead, four weeks uh, before release day, uploading your single. Uh, to uh, Spotify, mm-hmm. uh, don't release it yet. Uh, uploading a, uh, about four weeks ahead. Set up your band's uh, your your or your band's Bandcamp and well, SoundCloud's account if you haven't already. Remember but you're talking about that, yeah. Don't publish it yet. 
Uh, make sure you have a Facebook page, a Twitter account, and an Instagram account set up for your music, all right? Don't use your personal accounts. You know, you don't have to be active every day, but you got to be consistent. How many times have we talked about that? Be, be active regularly on at least one of your platforms. And uh, make sure they all have consistent graphics, photos, your artist bio, and links to each other. Hmm. All right. You want to be able to be discovered out there. All right. So right. three weeks before release day, set up a Spotify pre-save. You guys seen other people uh, release, putting a link up there? Hey, pre-save. You know, yep. here's your link. So do that with yours at least three weeks before. All right. Share that link. Encourage people to uh, to pre-save your single. Uh, we went over talking about uh, Spotify playlists and finding out about those. Uh, most blogs, artists, indie labels, companies, etc. can be found with a Google search. And get yourself on those playlists. All right. Uh, set yourself a goal. We're talking We're talking a good 300 to 500 playlists, guys, uh, hmm. that you... Uh, that you may want to pitch to, okay? It's right. it's it's like Nate was saying earlier. It's work, but yeah. it's worth it. Remember, Don't... you can play your music on your own playlist. Exactly. Yeah. Create yeah. your own what playlist. He said. Yeah. And you know, you know, and and otherwise, forget it. Because if you don't do the work, you know what's going to happen? Nothing. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Two weeks before release day. Let's dive in deeper here. Now, log mm. into your Spotify for Artists account if you haven't set it up. Do it. Spotify for artists. Make your account. Uh, if this is your first single on Spotify, if you're using maybe, for example, DistroKid to uh, to distribute, you can request instant access to DistroKid. Maybe mm. you're using CD Baby, maybe whoever. But okay, but make your and make sure your Spotify profile has an up to date bio, photos, social links. You did this a couple weeks ago, right? Go back in there. You, I'll bet you by now you've got some updated stuff. Update it, mm. okay? Make sure it's updated. Uh, on the home screen of your Spotify for Artists account, check for that notice. There's going to be a notice near the top of the page that says, you've got an um upcoming release. Well, yes, you do. <laughs> Click on the corresponding link that says, submit a song. Okay? And that's the link that you can fill out the form and submit your single to Spotify's editorial Team. That is huge, folks. Do that. Mm. Okay. Now let's jump up. It's only one week now before release day. Upload your single. It's time to get it uploaded to Bandcamp and SoundCloud, but don't publish it quite yet. SoundCloud is going to allow you to set a date. Uh, you can schedule a future release, but remember this Bandcamp does not requires you to manually hit publish mm. on the day of release. So, so you, gotta, you, you might want to write this down. Yeah, set an alarm to remind yeah, you to go exactly, back. Exactly, <laughs> on the day for Bandcamp, okay? So schedule re release on SoundCloud. Make yourself a note to go back to Band, go into Bandcamp on the day. Make sure it's included description, your production credits, okay? All this stuff needs to be in there. Lyrics, if you want. A lot of people put their lyrics in. You don't have to, but... Mm. You can do that. Any other relevant genre tags? Okay, get these tags. All right, now so create a submit hub profile. All right, uh, do a Google search on that if you don't know what that is. Submit hub. All right, one word. Buy some credits. Get familiar with the submit hub interface. Don't submit your song yet. Review the genre categories and decide which category your song best fits into. 
All right. Uh, now, friends, I fully expect, and I know Nate does too, for you to rewind <laughs> this this video yes. and go over some of this stuff again. It's, we're giving you a lot of information fast here, but it's right. good stuff. And you, you feel free to rewind it and go back in. All right, now it's time. It's still we're one week away. Remind people via your personal and band socials that your new single is coming out in one week. All right, and guess what? Remember that pre-save link that you sent out? Do it again mm. and again and again. Do it. Do it several times in the next within the week. All right. Yeah. Now we're down to release day. <laughs> okay. All right. Publish your single. It's time to do it. Yeah. Publish your single on Bandcamp. Band Remember, you got to do that manually. Mm. SoundCloud, you should have already scheduled it, but make sure it releases. Post the Spotify link for your single on all of your social pages. And don't forget, friends, use hashtags. I forget this all the time. Mm. Use hashtags like New Music Friday, for example, if it's a Friday, and any appropriate genre hashtags. All right, get creative with look and see what other people are using for hashtags on their releases and and feel free to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right, now go back to submit hub. You want to go back there, send your signal signal. I keep saying that. Single <laughs> your song to any relevant blogs, SoundCloud channels, YouTube channels, radio stations including Notespire Radio. All right, plug plug and Spotify playlists. And you remember all those playlists that you've already, uh, you, the target list? Remember you made a list mm -hmm. of all those? Okay. Send a brief message to every one of the playlist curators. Introduce yourself and ask them to please consider adding your new single to their playlist. Yeah. Yeah. See, if you don't let people know, they won't know. <laughs> okay. It's okay to blow your own horn, friends. But don't be a prima donna about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah, okay. Um, there is a link. You can search how to make contact with playlist curators. You might want to check that out. And finally, we're almost done. You, you know, don't just sit back and re relax now, okay? After the day after you re release, you got to keep working. Mm. Monitor your playlist, please, using a couple of websites called Spot on Track. Spot on Track is one, and Chart Metric. That's mm. another. Helpful. Yeah, Spot on Track and Chart Metric. You can track how many listeners and streams you're getting from each playlist through your Spotify for Artists account. Interesting. Yeah. And share any blog features. Share playlist ads. You know, if some if a great playlist has has added your song, share that. You know, share the good news, okay? Share that on all your socials. Be mm. generous with your public thank yous, yeah, and shout-outs to all the little people that have made this possible, you know, <laughs> whatever like that. And don't forget that you may be a little person as well. All right. <laughs> Actually, it's probably just the opposite, I guess. You're little. Thank, especially thank the bigger people who have made it possible. Yeah. Anyway, forget the little big. Just say thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Not only is it good karma, it can also nudge other curators, curators, mm -hmm. tastemakers, and potential new fans to check out your song. That was a lot. That I was need, a lot. I need a drink of coffee. And uh, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, just like Paul said, there was a lot there. Um, obviously, there's a lot of resources on the web. Um, hopefully, what we gave you will kind of give you get you guys started. Uh, rewind, listen to it again. 
Um, YouTube is your friend. Go on there. Look at there's lots of videos yeah. and content on there. Just do a, a Google search, and people will have lots of um, help for what you need to do to um, get yourself first on Spotify and to promote um, your music. But if we can be of any help, uh, um, yes. either just giving you more detail about what we just said or helping you in any of those steps along the way, contact us directly at info at notespiremusic.com. You can always reach us through our website, notespiremusic.com. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram as, as far as social media. Yep. And uh, if you're watching the video of this podcast right now, you're on our YouTube channel, which is Notespire yeah. Music TV. Um, you may be hearing this on our radio station, which is... WNSMDB Notespire Radio. Yeah. No, that's not how the jingle goes. But anyway, yeah. Notespire Radio, and you can listen to that uh, on our, at notespireradio.com. Mm-hmm. You can also hear it on your phone if you want to download. You need to download the Live 365 app and search for Notespire Radio. It's also other apps. There's several apps that let you listen to radio. And by the way, speaking of radio, please do send us your music if you've already right. got something. Like say you've just released something, uh, again, that email, info at notespiremusic.com. Send us your music, and we will definitely consider it for Notespire Radio. And also for our weekly podcast that features indie artists called the Jescott Music Hour. Yeah. We want to we put it on there as well. So do send us your music. Uh, don't forget sponsors. We love to have our sponsors. We It helps us. It helps you. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems like we're forgetting something. I don't know what it is, though. Oh, uh, check out our YouTube channel, Notespire Music TV. We're going to be uh, showing some videos to you there, putting them up, uh, kind of behind-the-scenes look at things that go on here at Notespire <laughs> Music. Some of them will be very helpful, and some of them will be just really dumb. But you're going to be, but you'll smile anyway. So, no, not dumb. Um, anyway, yeah, we. I don't know why I said that. Anyway, We're having too much fun here. We, yeah, we do too much coffee. Too, too. much coffee. Uh, so check you, those out. Yeah, thank you guys for joining us again. This has been the Artist Impact Podcast, episode yep. forty. Um, check out our other podcasts, like Paul said, Just Got Music Hour and also the Artist Insight Podcast, where we interview independent artists just like you about your music. We would love to have you on that as well. Reach out to us through our website or info at notespiremusic.com. And uh, we would love to hear for you from you. And we hope we hear from you. And if not, and even if we do, until next time. Yeah, take care of yourselves. And take care of each other. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. The Artist Impact Podcast is a production of Notespire Music, LLC. At Notespire Music, we empower independent Christian musicians to grow their God-given music potential by refining their craft and extending their music ministry reach through mentorship, training, trusted resources, music production, and artist promotion. Notespire Music, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. For more information, visit notespiremusic.com. That's N-O-T-E-S-P-I-R-E-M-U-S-I-C dot com.